Good morning on this Tuesday morning. We want to welcome you to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We have been studying God's times and seasons, and that includes the feast, God's appointments that he gave to the nation of Israel during the time when they came out of Egypt. And they were delivered to them, and God gave them specific instructions as to what they were to do and why or or how to do them. Now, the purpose behind these feasts are that God wanted to show his redemption through Christ to the world. They're all shadows. They're all types. They're all things that point in just one direction, and that is to the light. And the light is, of course, Jesus Christ. Now, the first feast that we've covered is the Feast of, the feast of Passover, now, we have just barely skimmed, as we would say, the top of it. Maybe later on we'll, go, we'll cover a little bit more in depth a couple of things that I still want to mention. But the second feast that we're going to go to is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And that feast is the feast that followed uh, the Passover immediately. So out of all these feasts, as we have mentioned and when we started the study... We began with the idea that God said, these are my appointed seasons with you. In other words, these are the times that I want to meet with you. And through these agricultural feasts in the summer and in the fall, God made an appointment that was to be kept by the Jewish people as part of what he had given them through the law. Now, the first feast was the Passover, the second was the feast of unleavened bread, the third was the feast of first fruits, the next one was the feast of uh, weeks or Pentecost as it is known. The next one is the feast of trumpets, the day of atonement, and then the feast of tabernacles or in gathering. Of the feast, the Passover, the feast of unleavened bread, the feast of first fruits and the feast of Pentecost have all come to pass. They've already been fulfilled as part of the redemptive plan of God through Jesus Christ. The other three still have to find their fulfillment, but yet they were nonetheless practiced by the nation of Israel throughout the time that they came out of Egypt. Now, of course, they didn't practice them all the time. The nation did deviate away from God, and there were times when they just simply were so rebellious, so wicked, that eventually they wound up going into captivity. And as a result of that, on one of the occasions when they came back from captivity, that was one of the times that they celebrated the Feast of the Passover. But let's look at this one, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. The things that it represented, the things that it pointed to. The Feast of Unleavened Bread started <clears throat> uh, on the day that the Passover started, and it lasted for seven days, or it started on the 15th day, but they were to eat the bread without leaven uh, when they were having the Passover, and they were to continue it for seven days up until the seventh day. Leaven in the scripture represents sin or error. It represents that which is uh, multiplying really quick, and once it is set, it continues to grow and grow. If uh, anybody has ever used laven uh, or yeast, as they call it, for baking, 
You can see the difference of when you put it into the flour and it's baked to when it's not. How it causes things to grow. The scripture says in the book of Deuteronomy, in chapter 16, verse 1 and 2 and onward, it says, Observe the month of Abid and keep the Passover unto the Lord your God. For in the month of Abid, the Lord your God will bring thee forth out of Egypt by night. Verse 2, Thou shalt therefore sacrifice the Passover unto the Lord your God of the flocks and the herds in the place where the Lord your God shall choose to place his name there. Now remember, they didn't have the tabernacle yet. They didn't have uh, the Temple of Solomon. Uh, this was after they had come out of Egypt in Mount Sinai, and God gives them all these appointed seasons. In verse 3 of uh, chapter 16 of Deuteronomy, Thou shalt eat no leavened bread with it. Seven days thou shalt eat unleavened bread with it, even the bread of affliction. This is how God identifies it. For thou camest forth out of the land of Egypt in haste, thou, that thou mayest remember the day when thou camest out or camest forth out of the land of Egypt all the days of your life. And they were supposed to teach it to their children too. In verse 4, it says, And there shall, no, there shall be no laven bread seen in all thine coast. Seven days, neither shall there be anything of the flesh which thou sacrificest the first day at evening. Remain all night until the morning. Thou, <clears throat> that thou may not sacrifice the Passover with any of thy gates, which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Verse 6. But at the place which the Lord your God shall give thee, shall you choose Wherever the Lord your God shall choose to put his name uh, in there, <clears throat> thou shalt sacrifice a Passover at evening and at all the going down of the sun. At the season, remember that's the appointed time, that thou camest forth out of the land of Egypt. And in verse number 7, it says, Thou shalt roast it and eat it in the place which the Lord your God shall choose. Thou shalt turn in the morning and go unto your tents. Now, one of the things that is part of the Jewish custom is that they were to search the entire house. Not one single speck of laven should be found. In fact, every spoon and knife and every utensil and every plate and everything that was used had to be washed and scrubbed down so that there was absolutely no laven whatsoever in any corner of the house, in any table, in any instrument, any utensil, in their clothing, in anything. So this represents the life of the Christian where God wants us to examine ourselves, especially those that uh, practice uh, what we would call communion or the Lord's Supper, uh, there has to be an examination that there is absolutely no, no, no laven whatsoever. In verse number 8, Six days thou shalt eat the unleavened bread, and on the seventh day it shall be a solemn assembly to the Lord your God. Thou shalt do no work therein. 
in Deuteronomy, in chapter 16, in verse 16, as we continue reading from that same chapter, Three times in a year shalt thy males appear before the Lord your God in the place which he shall choose, in the feast of unleavened bread, in the feast of weeks, and the feast of tabernacles. They shall... <clears throat> And they shall not appear before the Lord empty. Now, this is really, really interesting because when we do get to the future in the millennium, no one is supposed to come before the Lord empty-handed either. And if you really stop and think about it, if you really go really down into the time of uh, judgments and everything, when we are judged by Christ as believers, not the sinners that are judged at the white throne judgment, the Bible says that Jesus is going to have many crowns. It says that we are given, because of our victorious overcoming, either a crown of life or a, a, a crown of, of, of etc. for the different things that took place in our lives. I believe that those crowns will actually be cast before Jesus because that's the only thing in heaven that we're going to have to offer him. But imagine if your crown has been taken away. The Apostle Paul said, let no man take your crown that you may receive a full reward. So consider that today. Your works. No laven in our lives. And especially during those seasons which God had proclaimed for them. All seasons are important. But consider this. If it was that important for them to clean house, how much more should we clean the house of the Lord, which is our bodies, in which is called the temple of God. Until we meet again, the Lord bless you and keep you. May you truly be enlightened by the power of the Holy Spirit, to take these things in, meditate, ponder them, and let them become part of your life of you. As you take time to research this word and the scriptures, in Jesus' name, amen.